0: On the Rehabil podcast today, we're tackling the thorny issue of customers who simply cannot pay even if they wanted to. Now, you know that when you are looking to get a customer to pay your invoices, you first have to make the decision. Are they actually in a position to pay your invoice? Tons of advice for you for how to tackle those conversations. But reaching us through the Pledge to Pay website was an inquiry from one of our uh, members, who was recently part of a live webcast that we produced, who said that he has a customer who he's been chasing for a long time, and he wonders whether that customer actually has any money. And so on today's podcast, we're going down that thorny road uh, with Simon Littlewood as to what do you do when you've come to the realization that even if the customer wanted to pay, there's just no money in the coffers. Simon, it's a situation Of course, most people dread, at least if the company is still solvent, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But what do you do if you get that sinking feeling that there's just not a tosser left in the bank?
1: Well, in in, in a normal environment, pre-COVID, we would strongly suggest that you cut your losses and do your best to recover what you can. But we're in a slightly artificial environment where many SMEs continue to operate because they have rent holidays, their banks can't come after them for repayment of loans. And they're getting about 75% of their salary bill put into their bank accounts every month. So there's many reasons for for companies that are struggling to find revenue to continue in operation and hope for the best. And in in, in Rialbu's view, and certainly in my view, that, that opens a door to a supply because to the extent that those companies are not actually declaring insolvency, as long as the money is flowing in from the government, as long as they have deferrals, as long as they're doing that, they are paying some supplies because you have to, they're paying to keep the lights on in essence. So to some extent, there is an opportunity to manage that relationship as long as they're not going out of business to try and get a measure of payment. So you might not get everything, but you might get something. So the door is still open in effect, as long as they're trading. And we've been given an artificial extension to that for many companies that I suspect May go bankrupt at the latter end of this year or early next year unless the government support continues so that's that's a window of opportunity i think mark yeah
0: okay so taking that very first couple of words that you said which is cut your losses um i mean you know most people who supply to a customer still live in the hope that somehow that customer is going to be able to turn things around at what point do you reach that conclusion at what point do you have to put emotion aside and say you know what this is a lost cause.
1: Well, at the end of the day, that's actually not that hard to do. I mean, I'll give you the specific example. We're not gonna talk about the sector or the company, but as you mentioned earlier, we had a very worried supplier um, who's been working with Riyabu and being part of our community saying, I've got this customer who, no matter what I do, doesn't pay me. So, uh, using my connections in Singapore, and like you, I have many, I was able to quickly establish by talking to a competitor, that that particular company is in serious financial trouble uh, and is really only only kept going at all as a consequence of government subsidies and and, and, and furloughs and as a consequence of uh, the fact that there's a um, the geography, which is also able to provide some money. So so, um, look, when you're operating in a particular sector, particularly if you're an SME, you're going to know who all your competitors are, your salespeople are gonna know all the salesman's competitors, all or, or your competitors' salesmen, sorry, because they bump into them when they go to the clients. Uh, may have worked for them before because you're in a small world, um, and you know who all the customers are and how they're doing. So the short answer is, use your industry knowledge, use the grapevine, and you can find out very quickly whether someone's. It took me, it took me one phone call for that, and I'm not even in that business sector. That's how that's how easy it is in Singapore. So once you've got a clear signal that a company is teetering on the brink. But continues to trade, that you need into maximum. You need to go into top gear and engage that company. Some kind of progressive payment out of them. Whatever, whatever the facts. If they're continuing to operate, don't throw in the towel. And if you need some ideas on how you might engage them, you could do worse than look at we Riyadh. We
0: well, that's precisely the point, isn't it? About how to engage them so that you keep them on side and that they will eventually pay your invoices. And so you said that it's relatively easy then to decide whether or not they are actually still solvent. Now, well, and we'll, we'll get onto the, the artificial uh, solvency that you talked about in a little while, but is there like a, the, the ultimate red flag where you say, okay, that's it. I have to call in the bailiff to seize assets.
1: Well, I mean, just, just let me just say something about that artificial thing because the curious thing about technology is it makes us, you know it it makes us less knowledgeable there's all sorts of ways of getting information about what companies are and are not doing there's four or five databases that you can subscribe to that purport to give you information on whether or not companies are solvent but here's the fact many companies depend on those data but, but by the time it's a matter of public record that a company's insolvent it's too late to do anything about it So we need to go back to the way life was when I first went into business, you know, in in the the 1970s or whenever it was, um, where there were networks within individual industries of people who talked to each other in order to guard against risk like this. And they knew immediately when a company operating had issues making payments. And that's quite possible. You don't neglect relationships, the telephone. We've repeatedly said, This is a time for strengthening your relationships, your supplier relationships, your customer relationships and for getting to know what's going on in your competitors for the two reasons that one, they can give you advance warning of when potential customers or customers are struggling to make payments and two, there might be opportunities for you if they're really struggling more than you to step into markets, get a bit of market share from them or even employ some of their best people. So this is a time for keeping your eyes and your ears on and not depending on Publicly available information or subscription information, which is out of date before it arrives in your inbox. Yeah, sorry, I didn't answer the question that you asked, but I think it's important no. to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's important to say that because people spend thousands of dollars every month on information that doesn't help them at all, particularly now when things are moving so quickly. Yeah.
0: Yes, um, the information is out of date very fast. But then, but then the back to the point. I mean, again, I'm trying to un- identify that precise moment when you say, okay. I- Hope. I've tried communicating. That's it. I simply cannot try anymore.
1: Well, hope is not a strategy. In fact, I've got that at the top of one of my slides on how to survive COVID. I mean, um, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps we need to do the course again, Mark. Um, hope, hoping for the best is not a strategy. Is what my slide says, and it's amazing how much of that is going on. Um, okay, well, while, 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 so... well, so while everyone else is hoping for the best and taking their government subsidy, look, what's what do we know about um proactive service contact it's even if you're worried to death about getting paid your first is not when are you going to pay me okay it's hey it's a while since we talked we've been in business for a long time let's talk about what's going on because i don't know about you find out what's going on and what you're trying to do is you're trying to maintain a relationship with the customer where the quantum of goods and services that you provide to them is valued at slightly less than the amount of money that's coming in. Even if it's only a few percent more, as long as you're eroding previous liabilities. In other words, as long as as, if, as long as they're chipping a bit off what they owe you, that's a lot better than nothing. And it's a lot better than the alternative, which, you know, if you go by the book and you genuinely believe they're going to struggle to pay you in the medium term because you think when the government subsidies are taken away, they're probably going to be insolvent. Well, the book says. You make them bankrupt, and you grab whatever share of their assets are that's available. But the reality is, you know, why would you do that? The government's keeping them going, as long as they're going, there's the possibility of getting something out of them, and I am a great believer in relationships. They're going to be feeling terrible, they're going to be in all kinds of trouble. Talk to them, you know, and find out what can be done, and the math is not that complicated. As long as you've got slightly more coming in than is going out, you're ahead of the game. That's what you should be aiming for. Yeah.
0: Okay, and that then brings us to the the final point which you mentioned right up front, which is that as a result of governments all around the world uh, helping companies to survive by paying rent uh, or or ensuring that landlords give a rent holiday, by contributing to the salary payments for staff to ensure that as few people as possible are laid off. Um, You also say that there is an end to all of that, obviously. At some point, the chickens are going to come home to roost, there will be no more eggs, so what should you do in the lead up to those uh, that, that time, which might come as soon as the end of this year?
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, as to whether or not it will come to an end, that's a very good question. I mean, that's a political question. I mean, just as a matter of fact, every single entitlement that's been voted by a Western government to help people, whatever it is, whether it's unemployment insurance, whether it's single parent allowance, whatever it is, has been voted in if you look at the legislation on the basis that when things are okay, it will be removed. And yet no entitlement ever is removed because there's a political cost to removing it, which is that you lose the votes of the people who no longer get it. So I think there is a question as to whether actually the government can walk away from some of these subsidies, particularly if the alternative is to have large numbers of SMEs go broke and large numbers of people out of work. So so I wouldn't underestimate the possibility that they can maybe Kick down the road for quite a long time to come, yeah, until perhaps the overall burden of unemployment is picked up by a growing economy. So we could be talking about a couple of years. Um, and I don't think that's impossible. And, and Singapore, for example, has probably got the reserves to be able to afford to do that. So don't rule that possibility out, yeah. Um, but be that as it may, um, if you've got a customer who is struggling, it behoves you to remain as close as possible to that customer on the basis that they will get through it and there will be a future relationship. You should vote to support them even when you know they're in that supplies them, it's phoning them up and giving them a hard time. So don't, of what can I do to help you? This might sound like an obscure philosophical point, but I assure you that it isn't. People are feeling very isolated now. To have a conversation with somebody who's prepared to go that extra mile to help you, to support you, to think of what he or she can do uh, is a significant differentiator. And I would not underestimate the impact of doing that. I do it, you do it. We encourage our members of our community at Rehavu to do that because maintaining contact with a customer by being sympathetic to their needs and sympathetic to their situation, holds open the possibility that you'll be able to negotiate some kind of deal which will allow you both to operate in future. That is the way to approach a shock to the system like the one that we're undergoing at the moment, yep.
0: On that positive note, thank you, Simon. And if you are like that uh, other Riabu community member who messaged us, you can also go to pledgetopay.sg and nominate a company that you wish would sign the pledge to pay. So there are three ways, in fact, to interact with us on pledge2pay.sg. One is to simply pledge yourself that you're going to pay your suppliers within 30 days. But there are two other ways at the bottom of that page. One is to give kudos to those companies, those customers who do already pay you in 30 days. And another is, as I mentioned, to call upon others to pledge. Or if you don't want to make that submission through the pledge to paysg website, or maybe you're outside of Singapore, you can email us service at riabu.com.